0: What's up, people? Welcome back to Noise Avocation Podcast. I am your host, Ryan.
1: And I am Jeremy.
0: Uh, today we have our first interview with Tristan of Barrow Horde Records. Um, we've talked about him and his projects a few times in different episodes, and he's helped us with a couple things on the show, and kind of went to him for like approval on our artwork, and he's checked out pretty much every episode and been our little inside
1: critic. Yeah, I'm very excited to interview him and um, excited about the episode because it is our first interview. So I hope everybody enjoys.
0: Um, He does run a record label by the name of Barrow Horde Records. Um, He's created, mixed, mastered, guest starred on multiple projects. Uh, Some of his projects include Bone Weaver. Um, Dungeon Synth Project, Ella Valan, uh Barrow King, he's done stuff with Anonymous, and we'll get into everything else uh, as we bring him on the call here, but um, before we get into that, for social media purposes, uh, you can find me at Soundwave Slave on Instagram, you can find the podcast at Noise Avocation Podcast on Facebook, and at Noise Avocation on Instagram, um, you can email us at noiseadvocation at gmail.com with questions, comments, concerns, whatever. But before we get into the actual interview, we're going to play the latest single from Tristan from his next upcoming project by the name of Barrow King. Uh, the song is called Granite Throne. by Barrow King, and here on call, we have Tristan here with us. How's it going, man? Hey, going well here. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Really appreciate it, guys. Thanks for taking the time to join us. I know you're uh,
2: world famous and busy on Saturdays. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Um, Saturday's definitely uh, packed with all kinds of important networking with uh, clients from across the world, for sure. (laughs) So... I don't know how
0: I missed the Barrow King single like when you were just telling me about it yesterday when I was talking to you I was like kind of like what the fuck are you talking about
2: yeah uh I don't know I feel like I uh we released it over the summer uh maybe in like May I want to say something like that but uh you know it came out and we didn't do you know we released the single we were hoping to get it like associated with a a role-playing game that came out but didn't end up kind of fitting that vibe so it just kind of came out um i may have sent it to you i think i, I did because you were talking about doing some of those live shows out in the alley uh in alpena there right yeah. uh, and you were talking about maybe having uh Barrow king come play but oh, we weren't that's ready right. for right. playing live at that point but yeah i don't know um i feel like that one you know since it's just a single and it came out and then we didn't have anything like directly following up it's easy to for it kind of to fall off. Yeah. Sometimes
0: between like all of my things that are coming out and stuff that comes out for the store and I talk to numerous people that are always sending me projects and stuff. So sometimes like you might you might have sent it to me and the name Barrow King blended with your label name. So I might have just kind of overlooked it and completely forgot. But I do remember now that you said talking about the alleyway shows uh that we were talking about it so is that just is that project just
2: you or is there more people in that group yeah so that one is intended to be a full band Uh, that actually came around uh from my dungeon synth connections Uh, i met a dungeon synth artist from canada who's got a kind of wide background in a lot of different stuff but um he lives out in ottawa i think. and he goes under the alias Blade of Kino for Dungeon Synth. But we started talking and figured out pretty quickly that we like a lot of the same metal. And uh, we were both kind of working on like sort of doomy post metal sludge sort of stuff. And uh, figured we'd team up and pull something together. Um, so it's and just now we're working Q-T, on then. just getting a, a full band together as well to play live. So we've got a guitar player uh, myself, I would probably do vocals um, and or bass, and then we have a drummer and uh, potentially a bass player in the uh, Detroit area, and then we've got the uh, guitar player from Canada who would just come down for shows.
0: Cool. Uh, do you do you do vocals on the current single, correct? Or is that both? Yeah, of you? yeah, that's all me. Okay. Yeah, oh, I could, your voice? Sorry, Jeremy. You're I, good. I could, yeah. Um, your voice. I mean, like it kind of the cleans kind of sound similar to your bone weaver stuff a little bit. So I figured that that was you. I just wasn't sure if the screaming end was you or not.
2: I, um, yeah, that was well, me. I was, <laughs> I'll go for it.
1: On, dude, go <laughs> ahead, go ahead. Answer. I'm sorry.
2: Uh, I was just going to say, yeah, I, I tried to go for a different style, um, for the, uh, the harsh vocals there, just trying to be a, a bit more like scream singing, um, sludgy kind of sound, you know, channel that like, Matt Pike or Troy Sanders yeah, that's, with I like it. it, so hopefully that came through.
0: Yeah, ah, thanks, no, I like it a lot. It kind of did. You listen
2: to uh, Pike versus the Ottoman? Yeah, I did the uh, that that one record they put out. It's definitely yeah. I like that style a lot, and I wish they had more content in that vein. Actually, yeah, it
0: does. I mean, it's obviously. A lot like a high on fire record but it had its own kind of unique twist on it that set it aside from his other
2: projects right right it's um, kind of like poppier I think which and like more accessible which you know usually I'm not crazy about but with that format I thought it was pretty cool actually
1: yeah and the artwork was I liked that a lot too now you mentioned uh, RPG earlier that song was going to be uh in a video game soundtrack for an rpg is that what you were uh,
2: getting at uh so it was actually for a tabletop rpg oh rad um so like there's this guy i think his name is gabriel quiroga if you if i'm saying that right mm-hmm. um but he puts out he's like from argentina and he puts out like all these cool independent uh like stylized tabletop rpgs which are, like, they've got cool themes to them. Right. And um, he was putting together a soundtrack for one of them, uh, or, yeah, called Hell Night, which is, like, this 80s, like, horror punk-themed sort of thing. Okay. And uh, we got that mixed up with a different one he had put out called Warpland, which is, like, retro heavy metal like, kind of stoner oh. 70s, like, Conan-type stuff. And so we wrote this single, hoping to get it, like, associated with the RPG and sent it to him. He's like, oh, this is really cool. Would have been great for Warpland, but uh, it doesn't yeah. fit Hell Knight. And I was like, oh, oh, shit, I, we screwed that up. Yeah, you so, wrote it for the <laughs> anyways. previous one.
1: No, th- and that sounds like yeah. it would definitely fit in, like, a Conan the barbarian type fucking game for sure.
2: Yeah, that's exactly it. I wanted it to, you know, feel like a... I don't know have like the heavy kind of brutal atmosphere of like a conan type thing and all that sort of retro fantasy goodness i think uh that's just one of my favorite aesthetics and having a sludgy kind of post metal band that fits that aesthetic i thought would have been a lot of fun so that's where we're going with the project sounds cool the barrow king it that is from conan isn't it uh you know it might be i think josh came up with the name of the band so it could be a Conan thing. I need to read more Conan because I just have a pretty surface level of the uh, that stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I'm, do, I'm no like, expert in I like in the it. aesthetic.
0: But I remember I have played the game a little bit, like Conan Exiles, and I remember there being a Barrow King or a Barrow something
2: in the game. Oh, dude, you're, you're totally right. I just Googled it, and you're absolutely correct. It's definitely in the game and probably from the Conan lore. Okay. He looks pretty sick too. He looks jacked. And, uh, yeah, I could see that's being associated. That's like the exact aesthetic we're going for. So that's cool. Right on. So you do
0: plan to make a full length out of that project then? Yeah.
2: Yeah. We've, uh, we've been writing off and on for the past year on that and we've got probably like 40 minutes of stuff written, but it needs to be edited down but yeah, we've been we've been working on that one kind of on the side, um, and the plan is to start playing shows and you know record uh, the full length album in the studio and all that. So uh, it's coming along. I'm really excited about a lot of the content we're we're putting together for that. So you don't really have like a time frame per se. I would hope to release something end of 2023, early 2024. But I you know I don't want to. Um, yeah, say, yeah, like confirm any dates then, or yeah. I you got know. you.
1: I was just wondering,
2: you know, because it it would be hard yeah. to get
1: everybody together. Um, yeah, when absolutely. You, when you guys do want to
0: start playing live shows, definitely get a hold of me and I'll see what I can do about getting you in the
2: alleyway here. <laughs> yeah, dude, that would be fun. I think uh, like a summer alpina show would be a blast. Yeah,
0: I mean they it's pretty much all through like june july and even a little bit of august there's shows pretty much every weekend in the alley whether it's just one band or four or five yeah and they all try different
1: to, fucking genres and styles
0: yeah like they had a um real poppy band lipstick jody in the alley last year and they were pretty cool uh it was like two i think it was two girls and one dude but the the one girl that was singing, like she filled in for the other band that was playing because one of them weren't able to make it up. So she played like two sets back to back. That was cool.
2: That's and, always impressive. Yeah, their shit I, sounded
1: uh, like super poppy professional. Like you'd hear that shit on like the radio. But it yeah. was good.
0: I liked it. It was fun. But um so aside from Barrow King, like you've done Bone Weaver, which was quite a while ago. What
2: was your very first project so bone weaver was my first project that i released anything for um that one kind of came out of uh you know I, i started writing a lot of that just when i was young probably in mid to late like high school 16 17 and i wrote that you know over the course of like six seven years um and a lot of that was just me figuring out like a lot of the audio engineering and, uh, just recording workflows. Um, I was lucky to have a friend who, you know, from a young age was really good at all this, that stuff and would kind of teach me a lot of it, or I would ask him questions and he'd be like, Oh, look up this, you know, go use that, use this software, you know, use this effect on this instrument type thing. And so over the course of those six years, I had like wrote everything, recorded it once. Um, and then, you know, got demos out there. And then once I had the demos, we went into, uh, that, that friend of mine ended up opening, a opening a studio in Detroit called radon studio that I, uh, I put all my releases through there generally. Um, and so we re-recorded the entire album then in the studio and put that out. And so that was really like, for me, a crash course and, uh, figuring out how to like make music in a professional way and get things sounding good. And, you know, like, as good as anything else you'd find on spotify or whatever so um yeah yeah, took a super long time and just so much of that time was like (laughs) screwing up lots of demo recordings and um figuring out how to write stuff how to sing how to do vocals uh you know how to play the drums stuff like that what um program did you use to record uh i use reaper it's uh yep
1: i know what reaper is yeah
2: you know, just the one, i started with it because it's free yep. um, or you can access it and use it for free although you should buy a license um they like remind you every time you open it if you <laughs> haven't funny. bought it to buy a license but
0: and it's like adobe
2: yeah reaper's yeah. fantastic yeah exactly uh or like winrar same idea yeah um but yeah i like reaper a lot because it's got just a lot of built-in um functionality that's Really great to use and you know it's easy to load up whatever other VSTs, uh, you know, like virtual instrument or uh plug in software you right. find on the internet.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. That's... So
2: do you oh go ahead, Jeremy. No, I was I
1: just wondering you off. you're cool. I was just want... <laughs> like because that's another one of my questions was what do you would you use for recording? But then you also mix and master. So what do you do there? Same program or do you use different uh, for... programs?
2: Yeah. Okay. So... So the studio, uh, the, the way I work with the mixing and mastering, um, it's come about kind of recently, but, um, one of my, one of my projects, Elevalon became pretty popular, at least in the dungeon synth scene. um, it's been doing quite well. And, uh, I had that first one, you know, I did my initial mix and then I sent it over to Radon studio, um, for the final mix. And, you know, we were in there and we did like a full mix in a Reaper and then an analog master. And that one ended up being really popular. And I've had people just reaching out, seeing that's if they could get awesome. similar mix. You got it on, yeah. a, you got so, it on tape? You said an analog? Uh, yeah, we have tapes of it. Oh, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. We've got, uh, those all sold out, but I'm hoping at some point to do a repress of those. I'll have to talk to the label that does them. But, um, yeah, just with the success of that one, I've had other people coming to me saying like, Hey, can I get you to, Mix and master my album, so I do the the first. Shit. Oh, yeah! Thanks, man. It's been really cool. I've done three albums this year for that, and um, I think they're all each one turns out better than the last. So it's really cool to see and just having people reaching out and coming to me. It's like, I you know, if I start actually advertising this stuff, I might be able to get a good amount of business just there and see if I can do that full time. Yeah, which is that'd be kind of what I'm trying to do. now dream come true, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah so but to answer your first question i yeah i'll mix everything myself in reaper just mm-hmm. at home and then we bring it into the studio and like the the studio engineer puts the the final mix gotcha. and, uh touches on it and then we master it that's so. cool it's all all through reaper so you, so basically you you do
1: it have somebody else make sure you didn't screw anything up and then you both master it together
2: yeah that's, that's the idea that's perfect um it works really well. And the the way we do it is, you know, I try to just get a very traditional, like, okay, everything in the mix is audible, sounds good, hits like as hard as you want, that yep. type thing. And then I bring it to the studio and we kind of say, like, okay, now we've got all the cool studio tools that are at our, at our disposal. Like, what if we threw some really heavy distortion on this part or like threw a yeah, crazy I gotcha. delay into distortion, you know, essentially doing all the uh the, like the stylistic mixing and trying right, to make it sound right. interesting just past like the surface level so it works out really well yeah that's awesome
0: when you're doing your playback do you mix through headphones or are you using speakers or do you kind of do both to see how it sounds on
2: each or what so uh, short answer is all of the above at home i generally mix with headphones on um and then i've got like a crappy big set of old old, uh, like Salvation Army speakers, actually. What are they? I'm curious. Oh, they're JVCs. Um, so they're gonna, big and not very Fisher, but good or anything. I
1: sure.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I, I mostly use my headphones. Currently I'm using just the, uh, Audio-Technica M50X ones. Um, I was using the, I bought a pair of orange amp headphones, uh, that I actually loved and swore by, but I accidentally just the hinge broke and then they stopped working so and they don't sell them anymore or at Google. least I, I don't think oh that sucks so yeah so if, you if they come back used. in stock ever all you know that's probably the move i should try and buy them stock or yeah. uh, used i mean I'll but just yeah Reverb i'll, I'll or check eBay or something yeah i'll probably do that but um but i, I know like people the, the that when they as well
0: i know people that when they do their uh mixing mastering or they're just listening to their stuff that either they play it on a certain stereo or they go drive around to it or they, everybody has their own different method of figuring out what sounds good.
2: Yeah. So I, I guess to, to keep going with it, like at home, I, you know, I'm using the, generally the headphones. Um, but once I like render a file, I'll, I'll always check it on a variety of devices, you know, like a crappy small Bluetooth speaker or I'll listen to it in the car. Um, And then in the studio, we listen, like, with the studio monitors, which are, you know, set up at the right angle and all that stuff. And uh, I always have plug-in headphones at my disposal, too, if I want to listen to something a bit more closely. And, yeah, we always check the mixes in the car. Yeah, Um, And I'll always listen to stuff at the gym, too, just, like, get those Bluetooth headphones in and check that. Because, you know, if you're not using – a lot of people are going to listen on earbuds. And if you don't check with earbuds, you know, it's just always a good thing to do. Yeah, I usually – like, when I'm checking out
0: something for the first time – typically if it like if it's a newer thing if it's an old record that i find in the store or whatever then i'm playing it however but if it's like something that somebody's sending me that's new or whatever i'm typically using headphones so i mean it's cool that you test it out on different platforms because everybody kind of plays their stuff on different things
2: yeah you want to make sure like i don't know everyone always thinks like as a uh you know someone working in sound quality or uh, audio engineering any anything like that people kind of think oh well you got to use the best possible headphones but that's not what people are going to be playing you're
0: back right. on typically most people don't yeah, have a exactly
2: $2,000 set of headphones right so if all your you know listener base are listening with the you know included 99 cent manufacturing costs Apple you know yeah. just yep. wired ear, earbuds then you know you're probably not going to sound great on that if you didn't put any attention towards it so that's the idea.
1: When I was younger, there was, a, you know, we had like a lot of local bands, and they'd go down and record. And I remember when they had their second album, they came back with the mi- the final mix, and we all listened to it in different cars, and that's how they that's how we judged it because how they mixed it in the stereo and whatever, and that's how it sounded the best at the time, you know. And I'm talking like 20 years ago, but um that's how we that's how we kind of judged it i guess you know and that's how they played it for everybody they're like you gotta hear it in the car because it would sound the best you know so i didn't know if if, um you've run into that or i don't know
2: oh we always talk about uh to to quote like nailing the car mix essentially Mm -hmm. getting it it to sound good in the car yeah we always check in the car so especially with metal you know if you're driving around listening to metal like you want it to hit right in the car it's got to have enough body to it so
0: yeah yeah, some things can be real distracting yes. driving.
1: Yeah, where the drums are, like, bouncing all around the fucking car and yeah. shit.
0: I have a hard time listening to lo-fi black metal when I'm driving. There's too much shit going on.
1: Oh, it's all like the- Yeah, <sighs> all you can hear
0: is, like... Yeah.
1: I can listen <laughs> yeah. to melodic black metal,
0: but yeah. not lo-fi. Like, my kid was playing Dark Throne in the car the other day, and I'm like, dude, you gotta change this. I'm trying to, like, fucking concentrate. Oh, that's
1: fucking dope.
0: <laughs> um, so... A lot of your projects consist of just you. Uh, Do you prefer to create by yourself or find it easier or just like taking on the challenge or at the time, like a bone weaver, couldn't find people that were into the same stuff or how did that come about? So,
2: yeah, I guess a lot of it was just kind of rooted in the fact that I didn't know many other people who like one were into the same kind of music as me and then two were also some musicians right like i had a few friends growing up who you know were into opeth and like Leprous and whatever stuff i was really into but of those friends who could talk that language like nobody was really playing the same stuff you know i was in like a high school band for a while like you know playing post-hardcore i didn't even like the music really at all i just thought it was fun to get up on stage and play bass and like hang out but you know they didn't know any of the bands i liked or if they did know them they weren't like a fan and kind of the same vice versa. Um it's so like that small town for me it was work just with who you can <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like I had the guys I would talk to about the audio production and uh, getting things recorded, but as far as getting people together to like be in a band, uh, I was few and far between. So for me it just came out of like, oh well, you know, I play guitar every day and more than playing other people's songs, I like coming up with stuff. And so You know, one thing leads to another. And over the course of like five years, you got a bunch of songs uh, that you've written structures for, and you might as well finish them and record them. And then, so I released Bone Weaver. And you know, I was always interested in getting like a band together to play some of those songs live. Um, But I just found that like, you know, later on, once that album had come out, you know, I knew more people who were kind of into the same stuff, but then I was running into the problem of you know, it's pretty technical stuff on every instrument. And I have a lot of trouble singing and playing guitar at the same time. Right. So yeah. Some of the like, need...
0: lines that are on there, there's a lot of jumping
1: around yeah, and this stuff. So... Technical.
2: Yeah. And like, I didn't think it'd be too difficult just cause you know, I don't play like crazy solos or anything. And if I do play a solo, it's like very melodic and kind of slow. Cause that's what I like, but okay. I don't know. I was trying to get people to learn the guitar parts and I would need two guitar players and like, people were struggling um and nobody was really like playing it to the standard i would want like if we were going to play live so and then COVID hit right so it was like what yeah so that album came out march 1st 2020 which was like right before everything started to shut down and so after that you know i was like well what the heck can i do while i'm in lockdown and the answer i came up with was well, let's start like a, a solo synth thing because i wanted better synth work for my next metal album and i figured the best way to figure out how synths work was to to make a synth album and that of course you know synth album is for sure going to be a solo project it's uh, unless easier. you're doing some like yeah and like you know if you're recording everything in your basement and you never like have the intention of playing live like the only reason you'd want someone else on there if it's like a feature, but if it's your first album, you're probably going to have trouble featuring anyone anyways. So true, you true. did
0: have a guy by the name of Sam Meridian. I don't know if I'm saying his last name, right? Um, oh yeah. He... Sam Meridian. Okay. Is he,
2: what did he do on the project? Oh, he did the solo on depths. There's like a super crazy technical solo that he did, okay. um, which I, you know, I can't play that shit. So, uh, yeah, I've known him since like early grade school. We went to the same elementary school and he kind of got me into heavy metal at an early age. I remember in like third grade, we were hanging out, listening to uh, like Iron Maiden, you know, Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner and all that stuff. So, yeah, I, I had known him for a long time and he's just a phenomenal guitar player. He has a like a YouTube channel where he does some crazy stuff. Um, like he did a full cover of I by Meshuga. Uh, And he like starts it with a clip of one of the guys in the band saying like, oh, I, yeah, we don't play that live. That's meaningless noise. Like nobody can play that. And then he plays (laughs) the whole thing in one take. So he's a stellar guitar player. And I knew like, you know, I figured I'd try and get him on a track. And yeah, he did it. I was super thankful he did. Um, Yeah, you can definitely
0: tell the the Opeth influence in your solos and the difference from the solo Mm -hmm. on that song i've listened to that song a bunch of times but i wasn't sure if he did vocal or you know played drums or what you know whatever he
2: did like i don't i don't think it's said on the track or what not <clears throat> yeah yeah he's the guitarist he's doing all those like dive bombs and crazy sweeps and yeah. thankfully he did it uh he actually ended up joining fallujah the like tech death band so yeah he's a big deal now he like goes and tours europe and stuff and uh I don't know. I think he's on a cruise or something playing heavy metal. So holy,
1: I like it's a he's on a heavy metal cruise playing it, dude. What a life, eh? Hey?
2: Yeah, yeah, it's wild. I mean, he deserves it. He's it's the best. Uh, like he's got the best guitar chops of anyone I know. That's awesome.
0: Is the cruise? It's uh, that's not um, ten thousand tons of metal, is it? Because I know there's a cruise. That, that's, that the like yeah, a, oh, that's the one. That's the one. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah he, he's playing with Fallujah on that cruise that's awesome yeah i've uh yeah i've never like been on it or anything like that but i've seen videos and i've i always see the lineups of the bands and stuff when they come out i always thought it was a cool idea for a cruise because i mean a cruise to me like i don't i don't have any ambition to go on a cruise like none of that being stuck on a boat with a bunch of people seems terrible to me but you put a bunch of metal bands in there like yeah i'd go on the cruise
2: Right, because, yeah, you could just go hang out with, like, a band you like, which is wild. It uh, it strikes me as being a bit of a stinky cruise, <laughs> but, you know, oh, yeah. that's fine. That yeah, I that's... These that. are very
1: similar in the
2: stench. Yeah. The fucking Harples. Yeah, <sighs> <laughs> For sure, would be a lot of, uh, like, a, a lot of dudes on that cruise, and they'd all be wearing way too much black in the hot sun and getting real sweaty. Yeah, it'd be definitely a ripe tour. <laughs> right yes that is the correct
1: word
0: yeah so about your dungeon synth stuff what got you into making dungeon synth music because i've heard dungeon synth but i never it never clicked to me or occurred or was labeled as dungeon synth music like you are the first person that i know personally who actually creates the music like what got you
2: into making
0: that music
2: So I grew up, you know, I was pretty young in like the, the early two thousands, I was born in 1996. Um, and so growing up, you know, I loved all the, like, you know, one of the first books I read was the Hobbit and I loved that and then got big into like the Lord of the Rings and what, you know, those movies were coming out right when I I was pretty young, but I was like the perfect age where it like became my entire personality. And, uh, at the same time I was playing like a lot of like late nineties, classic, uh, like fantasy video games. Gotcha. um Final Fantasy Seven, so, shit like that. Not not so much the Japanese stuff. More like uh, like the European stuff or like American stuff, like Diablo and like oh, Age of Wonders. Okay, okay I gotcha. Yeah. So that kind of stuff, and they're all using like, essentially, they're you know they're making fantasy soundtracks for these things where they're all electronic interpretations of real instruments played for like fantasy vibes, right? So even though those things weren't necessarily called dungeon synth, that was like all my favorite, favorite music growing up was like that and um, you know like old heavy metal and like I loved all the heavy parts of like the Lord of the Rings soundtrack where it's really evil and punchy you know big drums and trombones and stuff so all that like kind of fantasy music um, but specifically those those old uh, like video game soundtracks yeah, a lot of it was very you know what you would call like proto dungeon synth Uh, and so I loved all that growing up, but I didn't really know what it was. And then getting into high school, um, I started discovering that like black metal artists would make stuff like that. And I was like, okay, that's cool. You know, kind of into that. Uh, but I didn't go like crazy about it. And then, um, my first job out of school, I was in tech and, uh, just spending a ton of time, like where you know you have to be thinking and like you're working on stuff right. so you don't want something too distracting but you want the right vibes and so i found that uh, like sometimes i listen to vaporwave but really i was like man these like fantasy synth albums are just hitting like the, it's the correct vibe you know i want something escapist to oh, definitely. take me away from this job that i hate yeah the um yeah so it was perfect your albums are very um
1: take you to another place, you know what I mean? Close your eyes, snap, you're there, you know? And uh, yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. I just, um, I, I'm more on the, like, you know, Doom. Like the Doom, there's a, like a Doom soundtrack. I don't, that's, it's like half and half, you know what I mean? There's, I wouldn't, it's not dungeon synth, but it's like heavy, and there's synth but there's also like guitars and I don't know if you've heard it guitars and drums, but that shit's heavy as fuck.
2: Yeah. That's an incredible soundtrack. Um, yeah, I was just talking about this soundtrack actually with uh, a friend of mine recently. He's a, he's a fantastic musician. Um, but yeah, he's like mixing, it's almost like, like modern progressive metal with, with like heavy, heavy synths, like just like old, you know, bass synths through fuzz pedals and, yeah, that thing that hits like a truck. I mean that that's a, a heavy album, but there's still the cool like you know like hellish doom atmosphere, right, which is right. really cool. That's so, just um, yeah, I, have it's...
1: A, I have a 15 year old son, and that's his shit. He fucking is video game music and um, Doom, like that's his uh, Quake. He's in like Mega Man soundtracks, you know, and he's in the same boat that you were, where there's nobody that's into that shit. know where he's at so it's you know i'm just trying to get your take you know
0: can we um pause for like one second really quick
1: yeah for sure
2: Okay, back from
0: that. Anyways, you, we left off on a uh, Doom soundtrack. Andrew Kidd.
1: Yeah. Oh, I was saying how, like, that's his bag is um, soundtracks. Like, his uh, his favorite album is probably Jaws 2, like John Williams. But then at the same time, he's into, like, 8-bit shit and then, like, Doom. And then the, your stuff I played, his ears perked up. You know, I was like, what are you listening to? So it was just, um, I'm glad that you took it upon yourself to be like, I don't need anybody else. I'm just going to make it because I want it out there. You know, it's it's cool to uh, hear somebody that's just like, fucking, I'm doing it like this, you know?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think part of it for me is just like, I don't know, I have this like constant urge to be, to write, to be writing stuff and just being creative in general. And I find like, if I'm not, I don't know, it's weird. I can't sleep, and, like, I'll get up in the middle of the night and be like, oh, sorry, what was that? Oh, I know what you're saying. Yeah, like, sometimes if, Yeah, yeah, I gotta be. And, you know, there have been a few times where I, like, get up in the middle of the night and, like, all right, I'm just gonna write, like, a couple chords down because I got this cool idea, and then, you know, I'll end up staying up all night writing music and, like... I can sleep great after that, but you know, I couldn't sleep beforehand type thing. And I don't know. So just gotta be creative and you know, it's cool to do it with other people and like I'll jam with other people, but other than this new Barrow King thing and like, I've got a, a new project that I'm starting on working with, with a couple of other people and like a sort of shoegaze, black metal kind of direction, like all sets. Um, before that though, you know, it was mostly just me writing by myself. Yeah. And, um, you pretty much have a new back,
0: project every time you come into yeah. the store.
2: Yeah, that's true. That's kind of how it goes. Um, I don't know, maybe I I just like genres and we appreciate
0: your work ethic.
2: So yeah, thanks man. I, Um, yeah, I don't know. It just feels good to get a a thing out and you know, sometimes I'll have a crazy idea for a new album that, you know, I feel like hasn't really been done before. And well, if it's like a crazy, like, you know, say I want to mix like dark ambient with jazz, like swing jazz and gypsy jazz, like Man, you can't do that under Bone Weaver. You can't do that under Elevalon. Like, oh, ah, yeah. crap, I need a new project, you know?
1: Yeah, just name it something
2: else. Exactly. So so when so you're making with... – go ahead, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, luckily with where, like, digital distribution is at these days, you can kind of make as many artists as you want, and then, you know, yeah, you kind of I mean, have to start over with no... fans. But you as far no as getting limitation. it out there, it's not too hard.
0: You can pretty much put out whatever you want whenever you want we me and jeremy were just talking about that the other day mm-hmm. like with podcasting there's literally no barricades in our place that from you know preventing us from putting out as much as we want to as often as we want to or whatever the content may be um, but i was gonna ask when you are making a dungeon synth project like how do you because I noticed that the first album of Elevalon sounds a little bit lighter than Drums in the Deepwood did. Or was it Drums in the Darkwood? I'm sorry.
2: Uh, Deepwood. No, Deepwood. you were correct. I had it right. Um, um,
0: yeah. I noticed that there's the there's a difference between the two. Like the, the Drums in the Deepwood sounds a little more gritty, dirty, uh, swampy, kind of, if you will. And the... First album, how do you pronounce that? Is it Nimway?
2: Yeah, Nimway. That's perfect. Okay,
0: cool. I was going to say, I need you to be our translator, but I got it. Um, (laughs) I'm fucking
1: horrible at that. I'm not (laughs) even going to try, dude.
0: Yeah, but the first one has like a little bit of a lighter touch to it, I've noticed uh, comparing the two. So when you're doing that, like, how do you go about getting the right sound for it? Or the right, because there's so many different sounds that
2: are mixed into it. Yeah. So I, the way I approach albums is, is like, I want each album to have a cohesive vibe and you're, you're picking up on that. Great. Which means to an extent, I'm doing my job correctly. Um, where the, 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 theming, the thematic content, all of that comes first. And then I build the album track by track, like intentionally to go for that vibe. Right. So the first album that I started with, uh, Nimway's gift, Like we're going back to the beginning of the pandemic after, you know, couldn't really do any live stuff. So I was like, well, I want to, you know, level up my synthesizer skills. Why don't we go ahead and start making a dungeon synth project. And at the time I was reading, um, like Robin hood, which if you haven't read it, the, like, you know, I think early 1800s version of Robin Hood by Howard Pyle. Absolutely fantastic. Um, one of my like favorite books it sounds like you know goofy kid stuff but man i went back and was reading that at the beginning of the pandemic and i don't know man just like super inspiring and like uplifting and like brave and courageous stuff so Is i don't that, know, that goofy just got, got me excited got adapted from some pretty dark stuff Fucking so A. i could
0: see how it could be interesting for sure
2: yeah robin hood's not necessarily dark i would say there's some dark stuff that goes on and but I don't know just like really like timeless characters and I, I loved it so I was reading that and I was like reading into like King Arthur lore and stuff like that so Merlin's um the shit <laughs> yeah exactly like you know knights on quests and all that so yeah. but I really wanted to start incorporating those kind of like uplifting but also epic fantasy themes into an album where like you know it's not happy-go-lucky and like but it sounds like brave and inspiring right so that's the first album it's very like nightly and like classic fantasy vibes like the old 80s excalibur movie or you know like old sword and sorcery yeah um, it's kind of yeah, yeah.
1: like the
0: the journey to going to like conquer something is like what i got out of it it made you feel like tough like a knight like strong like you're riding on horseback going to storm some castle gates type of thing
2: that's yeah that's exactly what i was going for you picked it up perfectly right so that was the theming of the first one and then the second one um you know it was more like i just had a different vibe in mind um by that time i had like i had quit the job i currently had and i was up in like i spent i don't know Two, like a month up in Isle, just like living out in that cabin in the woods um you know near you guys and I think that's when I first started coming around your shop yeah um or at least I had been going to your shop maybe but I hadn't like gone in and talked to you guys yet so uh, yeah, I was the first up there time and you
0: came in was with the bone weaver stuff and then yeah, you, exactly. you had mentioned the dungeon synth project but you didn't have anything completed yet
2: right yeah which would that would make sense because the first Elvon album came out while I was up there okay. um so yeah like i didn't have any cds or anything for a while after that so yeah uh at that point like it was all written um but like we had just gone through the studio and we were finishing things up so i didn't have anything to show for it um but at that time i was doing like a lot of hiking in you know the various areas around alpena and presquil and i don't know the woods up there are just like deep and dark and uh yeah. You know, there's like, I don't know, there's like that cool feeling of just like being alone in the woods for a long time. You know, it made me want to write something like that. And I don't know about what you guys think, but to my ears, like when I listen back, I it's basically like a folk metal re- like record, but just with synth and like traditional like folk instruments yeah, instead of like guitars. I don't right.
0: know if you're familiar with Troll at all but oh, dude,
2: i lo- i love finchroll they're okay. one of my favorites
0: so it gave me sort of that kind of feel like some of the interludes that they have in their songs have that sort of sound to it
2: yeah so i had been on a different podcast uh, interviewed about that album specifically and finchroll is like one of the five influences on that album that i cited you know like i don't know it was like three equal parts and like one of the big sets of influences with def- definitely a bunch of different folk metal. And like, uh, Ivar Bjornsson and Einar Selvik, all those like Norwegian and Finnish and Swedish like dark folk kind of bands.
0: Yeah. So, aside, who were the total five influences on that album? I'm curious.
2: Oh, now. yeah. I could, I could pull up the list. So, there were a bunch of dungeon synth influences because uh, when I started writing that, I kind of realized like, I could make this whole album with just like folk instrument software. So it sounds like a, a folk record, but man, that's already been done. Yeah. So I wanted to like also have like a retro or like horror synth kind of vibe going on, like very dungeon synthy vibe. So there were some, um, definitely some dungeon synth influences. Uh, one album that comes to mind is called Halberdeer uh or halberdier is the artist name uh i think it's to return home victorious is the name of the album just had some like classic synth tones that i really liked and you know inspired me to work on some patches of my own um other than that it was the uh like there was a lot of just folk projects that i think inspired it so like the you know the einar Selviks or like there's a um a polish artist who makes like cossack style like tatar folk music i think it's called i can't pronounce her name but i can uh try and find it um so that was a big influence just like the sort of like folk music palettes that i tried to use uh for the non-synth parts and then i wanted the swagger of like the the uh folk metal so as far as folk metal goes um like finster forest was an inspiration fin troll was a big one um see i gotta think i like insiferum a lot or yeah. insiferum however you say that i always said um,
0: insiferum but yeah, it's probably
2: insiferum sorry, what, what was that?
0: that i said i always said insiferum but it's probably insiferum like
2: once you look at it spelled out yeah um so yeah those guys I like uh Teresas a lot. Yep. So a lot of like the the Finnish, you know, melodic death metal mixed with folk stuff. Um Corpseclown. Yeah, I think those are the main ones. like that too. Oh yeah. Yeah, Corpseclown yeah. yeah, is right. They're kind of Yeah, they're
0: kind of more gimmicky, but they do have the sound to them. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not as
2: big on them, but I, I I definitely like them, so.
0: Yeah, I haven't listened to them in a long time, but they are like fun every now and then to throw on, but I did as i was going through kind of taking notes of your stuff for this episode i was i did go back and listen to a fin troll a little bit because when i was listening to drums in the deepwood i was like the i really like the heavy hitting drums that kind of go throughout the whole album and it reminded me directly of that so i went back and started listening to a little bit of that again because it had been years since i had heard it um and it just it like clicked right there where I was like, Oh, I want to go back and listen to this. So that was cool. So I figured I didn't know if that was one of your influences, but I did mean to bring that up to you. And I think me and Jeremy were talking
2: about it like a week ago or something.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, You hit the nail on the head with that one. That is uh one of the big influences there.
0: <clears throat> um, so You mentioned books, you mentioned uh, different games and stuff like that that were sort of inspiration for writing. Are there any movie soundtracks that kind of inspired you to write any of the Dungeon Synth projects or any of your other stuff, aside from
2: Lord of the Rings, obviously? (laughs) Yeah, Um, I would say that i'm less inspired by movie stuff in general um lord of the rings obviously is a huge one and uh you know that one's definitely the most influential um i really like the blade runner soundtracks um and lately as i'm digging deeper into like analog synths Mm -hmm. i find myself going back to those um and like hans zimmer in general i like his style and how he writes and uh sometimes like you know it'll sound really poppy but there are some movie soundtracks that just like everyone knows that one song because it's perfect for the setting. And so I try to use that as an inspiration. Uh, One big example being Pirates of the Caribbean. Like the main theme is like the perfect adventure spirit type, um, you know, pirate adventure song. Like I can't imagine a better one. They knocked it out of the park. Is that John Williams? I feel like it's probably John Williams. It's John Williams. As far as I know. Okay. It is
0: it uh Um, it's a very huge sounding song like i i love the the i would call it the theme music essentially for the whole movie really and uh i actually just listen to that randomly pretty often to be honest with you just because it's such a fun build up and that like that drew me to the movies more than the movies almost
2: yeah i would have to agree that music's incredible and um I think just applying like that songwriting style, like, you know, that it's great because it has so much energy and it draws you in. It's never boring. And, uh, it, it fits the the themes and like the atmosphere of what they're going for to a T. And so for me, that's an inspiration and in that it, that's what I'm trying to do with my albums, right? Like I want a very specific vibe that I'm curating for the listener and I want all of the songs to like fit into that somehow. And I want them, I like, I want you to listen to it and maybe not have it be exactly what you expected, but when you're done listening, be like, wow, like I was engaged the whole time. It put me in a different world, like Jeremy was saying. And it like totally fits with the album cover and, you know, all the lyrics and everything. Like, I want want it to all go together. You want it to be heard
1: as an album, not just as a two minute fucking single, you
2: know? Exactly. Yeah. I'm an album guy. I like starting an album and listening to it top to bottom. I, you know kind of get the vibe that that's you guys as well yeah uh, so we can't express people. how much
0: uh, <laughs> i appreciate yeah. that in people because i uh, just being in the record store and like hearing people talk in general like you don't often hear i mean i guess hear more often than out the outside world but typically like when people are talking music they're talking songs they don't really talk albums and There's so many good concept albums out there and things that, like, the song previous to it complements the next or it tells a story from the beginning to the end or anything like that. Like, I appreciate, like, people who can go and listen start to finish of something and get the whole piece of body of work instead of just, well, I like that single off it and that's all that does it for me.
2: Yeah, I'm completely with you guys. And you know, I think maybe from genre to genre that becomes a little less necessary in some and more necessary in others, right? Like if I'm gonna write 15 punk songs and put them on an album, um, you know, maybe I'm not gonna have like recurring motifs that I bring up like from one to another. Um, But still like, I think there's something to be said about having a cohesive and tight sound even in a record like that. And I'm sure that the people writing those albums want you to listen to all of them in, in one go um yeah nobody for, puts the, out the way out i write yeah, just right. for
0: one song
1: right.
2: well yeah metallica might but oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we don't have to talk about them unless you want some hot takes from me on that but um have you as far as like heard their new song by chance we haven't talked about that on here at all and i wanted to just call it shit but um, to be honest, uh, you know, I liked Metallica in like middle school and early high school, yeah. but from uh, you know, from I just, idiot. It, it, nobody I, ever I, I haven't had much him. interest other than, yeah, I think I had a quick like ride the lightning kick in college for a while where I was like, yeah, this old thrash is really cool, That's but you know, favorite. I passed That's that. The album. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, it's one of those things yeah, that's, it's, like, it's your true. intro to, and then you graduate from that class and move on. And then, you know, you can visit right. it later on and be like, oh, cool, Master of Pups this is sweet, blah, blah, blah.
1: I just think of Metallica as more of a corporation now than a fucking band. I mean, I think they get. Five million a show, something fucking ridiculous like that. Yeah.
2: Um... Yeah. They're guaranteed to make, you know, huge returns on anything they put out, so they might as well just print money if they can. Um, but yeah, with that in mind, I did not listen to the new Metallica. I'll be honest. I didn't even know anything came out. Yeah,
1: it's like, don't even fucking bother.
2: Right. I don't I haven't listened to any new Metallica stuff since maybe like what, the black album. Like I don't think I've listened to anything after the black yeah. album and I don't really like the Black Album so much. I mean, it's fine. I try to, you know, like, it? check out everything up
0: and coming just for the sake of the store to be like, okay, I, are my customers going to enjoy this? Is it going to be something that's actually going to sell? Is it worth me putting the the money up to possibly get stuck with them or not? And, like, so when they were releasing singles, I had to check them out just for the sake of that. But... I'm long past being a fan of anything new that they put out. Speaking, yeah, that yeah. about makes sense.
1: Speaking of uh, that, that 10 inch that got released by into, or Skeleton Witch. What is it? Skeleton Witch? Skeleton oh, Skeleton Witch? Witch? Yeah. That shit, cool. that shit sounds like.
0: Oh, what, wait, you're talking about the one you picked up. Yeah, the 10 Scarecrow. Inch.
1: Scarecrow, okay. Yeah. With the entombed members? Exhumed. Exhumed members? Yeah that shit sounds like what Metallica should sound like to yeah. me like if that makes any sense
0: see I like the like Sumerlands put out the Dream yeah. Killer album like to me that was way better than anything that they've done in the oh, past totally, however many years totally
1: that's such a fucking fabulous record but anyway I just wanted I, yeah I love that record I'm uh I, can't, I agree with the uh Metallica fall off so yeah I don't know Let's get
0: off of Metallica I'm anyway. I'm done. But uh, um, do you have uh, any personal favorite project that you've done that kind of you hold in a higher standard than the rest? Or is it just kind of each time you're putting out a project, like that's your favorite for the time being and you're kind of building one off the last?
2: That's a great question. Um, you know, I like the Bone Weaver record for what it is uh and i had a lot of of fun doing it and i learned a ton you know it was kind of the blueprint for like how i would do all my albums going forward just from like a technical standpoint but with that being said like it doesn't really do it for me anymore um you know someday maybe i can go back and kind of redo the production on it because for me i don't know i think like listening back i think I'd, I'd like it to be a bit more raw and have like more of a, a sludge tone to it and sound a bit more organic. It's very like, I don't know, feels a little too perfect for me sometimes as far as like the, you know, the, the mix is kind of pristine in a way that I'm not crazy about. Um, and I'd like yeah. to maybe, uh, retract some of the vocals cause I, I think I got a lot better at singing, uh, since then. Um, I mean it'll come because
0: you were younger when you did it. Definitely.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So there's that, uh, so not that one, but you know, I I like it for what it is and I have new bone weaver stuff written. I just have to start recording, um, that I think will be like bone weaver, but slower and sludgier, and, uh, you know, kind of fuzzier, dirtier production and different vocals, but still like recognizable as that. So I think it'll be fun. But to answer your question, um, I mean, I think those first two Elevalon records are just really special. Uh, at least to me, uh, you know, I released them, it was the first thing that really started to pick up traction. I mean, currently it probably, you know, for compared to a lot of artists, it's not much, but I sit at like 2,500 streams per month on Spotify. And you know, there's just a lot of, uh, random people I don't know from across the world who like listen to that. And that was the first thing I released that like that first LVL album is the first thing that, you know, really just started to get the ball rolling on its own where I put it out and didn't expect any, anyone to listen to it. And, uh, all of a sudden, like there's all kinds of interests and we had sold out tape releases and all kinds of stuff. So, um, and that is cool because
0: like, I mean, Bone Weaver was awesome. Like I love the project. It's great. Uh, I often, when people are in the store, like who's this guy? Um, I kind of describe it as sounding sort of similar to Killswitch Engage and I only say that in the regard of like the clean to dirty style vocals that they do and just uh, the music in general is kind of that same realm of metal and but I don't think that there's really a huge there's a similarity on the surface but when you dig into it there's really not but uh, just for descriptive purposes it's easy to say that Um, but the the level on projects that you did were more unique I would say so I could see how more people were kind of tapping in to listen because they're like well I've kind of heard something that was like this already for like the bone weaver stuff but for this like this is new refreshing I haven't heard this you know
2: yeah and I think like I don't know that combined I, you know I did research on dungeon synth to an extent but I didn't like Reference other people's stuff. I was just kind of like, you know, this is what I want to make. And I I tried to be as, like, as hard, like, I tried to stick to the theme as closely as possible the entire time. And even if I wrote something I liked and sounded good to my ears, but it didn't fully fit the theme, like, I would cut it, no question. Um, and so looking back, those first two Avalon albums, like, I, I think they did a really good job in constantly sticking to that theme. Um, so I'd say those are like my favorites looking back and you hit on like the exact point that I was trying to get at previously about the bone weaver record. I like all the writing. Um, but looking back, there's like a disconnect in that the production to me sounds like a slipknot or a kill switch engage record. Right. But the content is very much not like a slipknot or kill switch engage record and so that's what bugs me about it is that i want the mix to be very different from what it is and that kind of like takes away from part of it in my mind yeah i can
0: see that it um it just has that that era of metal feel to it with the music is all like um i don't like trying to compare things you know comparison is the thievery of joy but uh and when it comes to music like to pitch something
1: yeah to a fucking forty two year old mom of three yeah to like
0: <laughs> to somebody random like you want it to kind of resonate with something that they may be into you know
2: oh for sure yeah, I get that and to to your credit like I'll it's it's uh mostly written in drop d um and a lot of those riffs are like pretty directly inspired from like like all the thrashy stuff like i was listening to a lot of lamb of god at the time like uh, ashes of the wake and uh as the palaces burn and you know uh, like i I feel like there's a lot of that in there which kind of lines up with that kill switch engage style like i feel like a lot of those riffs are are it's not like metalcore but i don't know like yeah groovy like early 2000s whatever it's not quite death metal but i don't know what else to call well, right. it yeah. um,
1: you play drop d in that way and it's kind of hard to get away from that sound anyway because there was like so much of it at the time
2: yeah exactly so it i have
1: a kind I'm of not,
0: bridges the gap between death metal and metal core yeah i would say yeah i would that's a great way of putting it yeah go ahead with your I question have, i have
1: a um totally off the wall question is this the zinger question this could be a zinger question okay. <laughs> so i know oh. everybody has like guilty pleasure bands or um like for instance i can't help it i love paul abdul it's a fucking seated kid thing that uh straight up yeah exactly <laughs> you know and she's fuck cold hearted too but what other music do you um listen to you know besides
2: What people would expect oh okay so as far as like guilty pleasures or anything like that there's probably a number um i think pop is the first thing that comes to my mind when you talk about like a guilty pleasure i'm uh, just saying yeah like
1: you you know you secretly love fucking beyonce records or i don't whatever it may be you know yeah for
2: sure well like okay I guess then, if it's if it would be unexpected, um, oh, gosh, what's his name? The guy who wrote, he's like, I don't know if he's Norwegian. He had he had one hit single, and then uh, Somebody I Used to Know by Got You. Ye.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That song seen is that? just so good. It's so well- You ever so seen well a YouTube written.
0: video of them, like, five dudes playing on one guitar, that song?
1: Yeah, that shit's, that w- that's an interesting um, out of nowhere single, though. That is. Song, yeah like and that song's like i uh, completely th- forgot about yeah that i'll song. give that song's cool
2: yeah so that's one um another one you guys probably well, you might expect because i'm into synths but i really like probably like mid-high school mm-hmm. i fell in in love with the album uh, violator by depeche mode um, oh okay. yeah yeah i don't like a ton else by them but man that album is incredible um Another one I think that might come out of left field for people is, uh, I really like a couple of country artists. Um, my two favorites are like Johnny Cash and Towns Van Zandt, I think are absolutely fantastic. I don't listen to much else as far as country goes, but man, those two. They're they, both great you know,
0: songwriters
2: for sure. Yep. Yeah. Like the songwriting is so like clear and the, the lyrical content is just exactly what it needs to be. And like here in uh Johnny Cash do a cover of like Depeche Mode Uh, That's just you know it's really cool seeing him like really weigh all the words and take into account like all the different styles Um, so that's cool I like all that
1: stuff
2: yeah exactly that's the the one I had in mind Um, let's see anything else I'm really into that might be out of the way I don't know see none of that's
1: out of the way to me I was thinking you know something fucking weird like, <laughs> oh, Dion like and the there's Bell a lot of monster. weird i mean not Dion weird in the Bell but weird to like you know um, i make dungeon synth and listen to fucking mariah carey's fantasy record every day you know like that kind of thing
2: yeah that's fair man i gotta think Wait, i'm like you don't, see when don't... i
0: think when i think like the term if somebody asks me guilty pleasure like yeah. i think of things that are like your friends can't catchy listening to this right, shit type right. of thing but at the yeah. same time
2: like at this point in my life like i'm like i don't give a fuck right like, me too but yeah i okay so like i like some disturbed songs and oh, i, I that's probably fucking,
1: that's bad yeah that's a guilty that's pleasure a for sure
2: like fuck yeah. you know it, i i don't <laughs> like that i like it but a couple of other songs i'm like yeah dude this guy oh, sounds pretty good yeah you they I don't like where
1: i work every fucking day I, like <laughs> they're stuck in this fucking 2005 fucking era dude it drives me crazy so you know
0: i'll be honest when oh, down yeah. with the
2: sickness came out i owned it fuck dude damn i
0: hate that shit. but nothing past
2: that <laughs> yeah yeah it's i mean it's rough and like it's Cringy when I listen to it, but you know I don't hear it like ever. So when it comes on, I'm like, ah, it's like when I was you know twelve and this that's came on, and I thought zinger, it was sweet. Weird. Yeah, appreciate that. So yeah, that disturbed. is one there that I have, yeah, That's
0: one I wouldn't have expected. Definitely. Yeah, although they like they did do the the cover of that fucking Genesis song, Land of Confusion. I seen that Dude. they were at a festival that I was at one time. And the
1: sound of silence, man. They're just making oh, that's money right. off yeah, of sound silence covers.
2: Yeah. Okay, the sound of silence cover actually makes me see red. I hate it so much because the the whole point of that song is it's like understated and kind of creepy. And wow, they just did everything you're not supposed to do and like overwrote the shit out of that song. I hate that cover so much. That and um, the zombies cover, they were kind of like cranberries. The
1: zombies song, I fucking hate that cover. They
2: were like the five finger death punch before five finger death punch yeah i would agree there i mean it's it's like pretty tasteless and i you know like objectively don't think it's good music but every now and then i'll hear it like you know a song come on and i'm like all right all right i remember liking that as a kid type thing so yeah that's um another one maybe sickness, you wouldn't though. expect oh yeah that song is
1: rough acoustic or no did, when in dawn of the dead the lounge singer dude does it yeah and it, uh, that's the best version Oh, at the,
0: it's like in when they're all in the mall and yeah, stuff? Yeah, do the montage. Yeah.
1: Yep. Have you ever heard that version? I have not. I might have to go check it out. It's actually it's pretty, pretty cool. cool. It's
0: like a lounge swinging down with the sickness kind and of. And
1: that artist does a bunch of songs, so look into that in your spare time. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I definitely will. That sounds great. Um, so a follow-up
0: to we... that question, um, are, is there anything or any artists that you just absolutely despise? Oh, that music I Music-wise, it doesn't, doesn't have to be personality-wise. Like, this person's a piece of shit, but, like, the music that they put out, is it's there anything shit. that you're just like, oh, I can't listen to this?
2: Well, there's stuff I can't I mean, listen there's... to, but are you saying, like, I can't listen to it, or is it, like, this makes me angry that it's, like, popular and, like, I don't think it's good type thing?
0: Something that, like, everybody loves, but you just
2: don't understand why. Okay, so... I, I have a couple answers for this. One of the big ones that always pisses a lot of people off that I sometimes say is like, oh, well, there's two, but the Beatles is one of them where like, they don't like piss me off that much. But man, if I have to hear like one more guy in his sixties, like <laughs> telling me how the Beatles are the greatest thing to ever grace God's yeah. green earth. And that, you know, we wouldn't have music if they didn't make music is like, yeah, I, I'm I just get you. so sick of it. I, like I put on a Beatles record and I'm like yeah that's nice like I can see how this would be very very boundary pushing at the time but like I get zero out of it like there are a couple songs I'm like yeah that's nice but like there's only so much you can get out of like a nice sounding chord progression and sexual innuendos for four minutes you know
0: yeah they were I mean they're definitely dated at this point in time and To like they're in the store, they're to me like how Metallica is. I mean, it's always people want Beatles, Metallica, Led Zeppelin, whatever. And you know, all those artists are great for their own reasons and whatnot. It's just like, I'm, I want people to move past that and find like, how are we supposed to let the music of today live on if nobody moves on from the music that came out 60 years ago?
2: Right. Exactly. It's very like, it feels stagnant when people are like, yeah, 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 but like, beatles album like yeah okay we've all heard it like let's let's keep going here i'm not yeah i don't know yeah at this point it's um
1: it's over (laughs) you know like they're not i don't know i'm I'm with you guys on that shit it's what hasn't been said about like that zeppelin all of that classic rock shit you know
2: crazy yeah exactly like you know i like zeppelin it's they've got some cool songs they come on and i'm like yeah like that's that sounds nice that's fun it's a cool song they did a good job with it but you know once you've heard it yep. 500 times like it it's just over. you know you, you yeah, can yeah. find something else come on
0: exactly and like um what's your uh what's the other one that you had aside from the
2: beatles like i've i've tried to get into the grateful dead a couple of times people are always oh, like God, dude people get so like i don't know, they'll tell me like like i'll respect their taste in music they'll have good takes and then they're like dude you gotta get into the grateful dead it's the greatest trip ever no, Like, not even i don't know man i just
1: i have tried so a couple times crazy. and it's
2: like i don't even see what about this you would enjoy like what is it like okay the vibes are good dude every like artist in that era had reasonably good vibes yeah so that's just like know. that's uh
1: i didn't grow up like that so i just don't fuck with the grateful dead I got in yeah. fights with the Grateful Dead fans when I was a kid. I think they were like a, it's,
0: at this point in time, they're like a pop culture thing. Yeah, like, no. uh, how many, if you walked up to the average person who claims to be a Grateful Dead fan and be that guy that's like, name five songs. They got nothing. They got nothing. Uh, Truckin'? I got nothing either. No, like, I don't I don't, I don't do like shit. the Grateful
1: Dead at all, but. Yeah. actually, I don't know a single Steve? Grateful Dead song. First thing, Steve, the owner of Noise and Toys, half owner or whatever. First thing I sold him was a Grateful Dead 45 I got from my mom. I was like, I don't even want to own this motherfucker. And it was like <laughs> a promo, you know. It was worth like twenty bucks, and this was like twelve, fourteen years ago. You know, it's fucking hilarious. So I'm just like, I hate this. So we agree with you there for sure.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I'm not a fan okay, of so Grateful I, Dead at all.
1: But anybody I'm, out there that is, I'm just I'm gonna, gonna piss everyone me. off. Go for it! Oh, go for it! Everyone out there who is what? No, I'm just saying everybody who out there that is a a deadhead, if you will, uh, I, that's fine with me. Do that's your thing, but it's, it's not me, thing, right? You know, to eat your own like, fucking thing.
2: Yeah, go ahead and piss the people. Yeah, off. I totally agree. So, all right, I'm gonna do some more controversial ones, opinions that I have, where just kind of similar. I I just don't get anything out of it. Okay. Uh Big one for me that so many people like that I just have tried so many times to get into and I never enjoy is Slayer. I love Slayer. Something about it for me. I, have a I don't Slayer know, like too. it just makes me <laughs> laugh, man. I hear Angel of Death and he's talking about like I don't know. Oh, like, dude, that shit makes the me cheesiest... laugh too. Yeah. Yeah, like I don't know. I can't take it seriously. And there's a lot of cheesy metal that I like, but for some reason Slayer like. It doesn't hit with me. I feel like, okay. That's fair. I see why people would love it, but I just, I don't know. I have trouble with it. I think I like groovier, like slower stuff. And if they did the exact same thing, but with like half the tempo or not half, but you know, a, a much slower tempo and like a deeper voice when he was sort of doing his scream singing, it would be like the perfect type of thing for me, but i don't know man <laughs> sometimes it I, it just doesn't do it for me so yeah, fair enough there's actually you know um, there's it was songs, meant to
0: be kind of gimmicky though. right
1: and
2: there's songs yeah. like
1: that i would put in the same category as like acdc songs where i never want to fucking hear them again there's a couple slayer songs where i'm like i don't really need to hear them again ever yeah. that's fair Yeah, yeah but then on that same record or same album there you know there's fucking nine other songs that i fucking love you know yeah they're not a band i listen
0: to very often even like i do they're a great band i just it's not on my regular rotation of things but my regular rotation is like
2: always changing right yeah that's fair um well other than slayer another metal one that like i think i like like five of his songs but it just I don't know the overproduction kind of pisses me off uh-huh. is uh Devin Townsend I don't know if you guys are into him but like I don't yeah, know something I've... about him lately just I, that whole like hyper overproduced operatic like modern prog metal just I call it math me metal off. yeah it's all, it's
0: all a okay. bunch of crazy
2: shit going on but uh, yeah, yeah I, also, I could yeah. never
0: get into De- Devin Townsend project I tried
2: the only devin townsend songs i like are where he has a feature from a different artist i like uh, so he's got like a gojira feature that song is incredible you know you hear uh oh, what's his name joe uh Duplantier like just blasts some crazy you know evil death metal vocals over like good riffs and it's like yeah this song is sweet or like he has isan on yeah uh, you're like i love Emperor. the fucking
1: features. yeah exactly the The features are
2: sick but man i just don't care about anything else you're doing and so that like in a similar vein i cannot stand dream theater man like i don't know vocally
0: they are hard to
2: digest for sure okay even past the past the vocals like the the way i get that like technically speaking it's very like correctly composed as far as music theory goes like you know they're yeah they're, they're all like college all by trained the book. musicians and have studied music theory like in depth right but it just strikes me as like complex for the sake of being complex like they never uh-huh. sat down and were like oh this melody is really cool and it wants to be in 5-4 no it's like all right are we gonna go from 5-4 to 9-4 to 7-8 to 16-4 yeah. like no nothing's
1: made with feeling it's all like it's made on paper
2: yeah that's exactly it and then you mix that with like cringe vocals and lyrics that are just kind of like in that weird sort of mid 2000 or like early 2000s like we write about feelings generally and don't have any like particular thing we strongly want to say like that gets a pass from me they have a they have a
0: handful of songs that I like, but outside of that, I'm pretty much in the same boat. Like, um, I believe John Petrucci is the singer's name. No,
2: nah, be... he's the guitar player. Oh, that's
0: right, right. I'm thinking of... Uh, I, was for, I had Liquid Tension or
2: Liquid... Yeah, Liquid Tension Trio or Experiment oh,
0: or whatever the fuck in my head when I was thinking of that.
2: Yeah, uh, let me look it up real quick. I know Jordan Ruddis is in that. The thing is, all of those opinions I just said are totally... F- swapped for, like, Liquid Intention Experiment. I I think that stuff is sweet. They mix it with, like, jazz, and, like, all of the compositions feel way more organic and cool, and they gel really well. John Petrucci even has, like, a solo metal shred album that I think is sick. Um, I just don't like Dream Theater.
0: Yeah, understandable. They are, vocally, they completely do not do
2: it for me, me, but musically, I I can appreciate it. Never. Yeah, I mean, they're good. They're world-class musicians, right? I just don't like their compositions understandable um so currently
0: i mean we're getting close to where i'm gonna start wrapping things up here but uh currently like what are
2: you listening to regularly right now okay so it's been a lot of more retro style metal and sludge metal is kind of the been the standard for me uh and some more folk and black metal as we get into winter but um like a big album for the past year that i've listened to a ton is uh big business uh the album name is one sec i always forget album names uh battlefields forever it's their 2014 record i don't know there's something about that that just every song hits um i love the pace of it and all the riffs feel heavy but they're not like overdone it's not overproduced so big business a lot of high on fire um you said specifically, battlefields
0: forever by big business
2: yeah. Okay. It's got like a lion on the front. Yeah, I see um, it right now. I was adding it to my
0: uh, Apple Music just to check it out because I'm not familiar with it. But anyway, okay. Keep going. So, high on
2: fire. Yeah. High on fire. Uh, I like Snakes for the Divine a lot. I think that album is just incredible. Yeah. Um, that album's great. But, I like um, Death
0: is this Communion quite a bit.
2: Oh, yeah. That's and solid the too.
0: Electric Messiah was really cool just because all the songs were dedicated to Lemmy.
2: Right. Yeah, that I I read uh what Matt Pike's statement on like that album as they were releasing it and that was cool to see that it wasn't just like, you know, a random face demon thing that looks kinda like Lemmy, like, no, that yeah. is our artistic interpretation of Lemmy. I thought that was cool. Yeah, because
0: um, to me like High on Fire is like if Motorhead came out in two thousand or the late nineties, like that's what they would have sounded like. Yeah. And Sleep they've got just a is like modern-day Black Sabbath kind of is how I've yeah. always described those two bands to people.
2: Yeah, I can totally see that. Um, and, you know, I, I personally prefer the uh, the High on Fire, which is funny because between Black Sabbath and Motorhead, like, I'm Black Sabbath all the way, but I don't know. Something about High on Fire is just really raw, and I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, another album I've been listening to a lot is uh, it's called Dwell in the Fog by Firebreather. came out in uh, like February of last year, and uh, I don't know, it's just a great, doomy, like fuzzy record. Uh, I think they're a Swedish band, and yeah, they did it right, it's super cool. I've got it on tape. I've yeah. also just been listening to a lot of tapes lately, so it's a lot of um, dungeon synth tapes that I've got. A lot of people send me their dungeon synth tapes, or I'll like trade with people for artist copies of my tapes. So, like, there's a, an artist I really like called Fog Weaver, they put all out like all these um. It's like all their content's based on a series of books I like called uh, Tales of Earthsea that I that are super cool. So I've been listening to that a lot on tape. I've got one of their records. Um, so yeah, I guess that's some of it. And then uh, I love Eternal Fire Champion. Breeder. I think you showed oh, yeah.
0: me Firebreather actually, if I remember correctly. We were talking about it like last year when it came out.
2: Yeah, because I saw them live like right after, and I think I was telling you about that. Yeah, um, with
0: uh, you see, Monolord with them, yeah.
2: Yeah, which yeah. Monolord is another one of those ones where I'm like, why are these as popular as they are? I feel like, I don't know, everything that, I don't know, Firebreather does everything that I want Monolord to do. But anyways, I, they have some cool riffs, and I, I, I don't hate Monolord by any means. But Yeah, my um, kid
0: described Firebreather as drunken mastodon, uh, and I thought that, <laughs> that was pretty spot on, because they do really sound like a more sludgy mastodon, or even like earlier mastodon stuff. <laughs>
2: yeah i would agree i i like it's like i don't know it is very similar to early mastodon but i like it more than i like a lot of early mastodon i mean another one of the albums on the list is leviathan by mastodon that is just a an incredible record like top to bottom i love every single song so um i've seen them play
0: three or four times on Different album tours. Um, I didn't catch the Leviathan tour, but I did. I have seen a bunch of those songs live.
2: They're just so well written. They they're so good at like writing a riff that you would never hear anyone else play. Like you hear it, and you've never heard anything like it. But you're like, oh yeah, that's Mastodon, yeah. which is weird. Uh, I wish they would still release stuff that sounds like <laughs> Leviathan. uh You know, I don't hate their new stuff by any means, uh, and they're I thought Emperor like of Sand around. was actually pretty sweet but it's no Leviathan. Yeah, they def- um, they bounce
0: around depending on who they have primarily singing. It seems yeah, like they kind of suit the album around, whether it's Troy singing or Bran or whoever, you know? So, yeah. like, Hushed and Grim was a little more mellow and kind of proggy in a way, and then, like, Emperor's Sand it was a little more rocky than proggy, and it, it just, like, each period of time seems like they have a different feel to it
2: yeah absolutely and so as far as my taste goes um i like all their singers like you know brand's great um behinds is great too but i i like troy's vocals like that is the quintessential sludge voice to me yeah and so you know the albums i really like are the ones where he is like front and center and that's blood mountain leviathan and uh crack the sky right so those are the albums i really like by them
0: yeah, Crack the Sky is really cool. I have a, a fully autographed poster of that from the band, and oh, then I have nice. um, I have Remission that came actually like directly from Billy from the band. Like he, I have it. The shipping label set on the back of the record. It's like directly out of his collection.
2: Oh wow, that's really cool.
0: Um. Oh, I had one more question. The Uh, Stormkeep Tales of Other Time did you ever get to hear the bonus disc from the CD that had all the Dungeon Synth tracks on it
2: no like I've heard the Dungeon Synth like uh, interludes on that like an ode to dragons and all that they did a whole extra bonus
0: disc I think it was like 6 or 7 songs that was all music that was like the interludes I need
1: to to hear that it's fucking rad
0: I'll rip it to my computer and send it to you because I don't think you can like stream it anywhere that I've
2: seen. I haven't seen like a deluxe version online anywhere or anything like that. Yeah, I haven't either. I haven't been looking for it per se, but I've only just seen Tales of Other Time. I absolutely (laughs) love that album Uh, and I've been looking for more black metal that hits like that, but I don't know if I can find any. (laughs) Um, I can probably show you some stuff. Uh, did I did you... find, uh, have you listened to Worm Witch? Worm Witch, like, no. Yeah, they're like Canadian. I've
0: listened to Worm and I've listened to
2: Witch. Oh yeah, dude, Worm is sweet. Yeah, yeah. You, tight. yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I've listened to both parts of that, but not the actual thing itself. Yeah, um, yeah. So Worm Witch strikes me as like Stormkeep style energy and like hit, but it's folky instead of fantasy, I guess. But there's some fantasy content on there. They've got an album called Wolf Hex that I really like. I discovered it a couple days ago, and it's just it's what I want in black metal.
0: I'm going to add it to my music list right now.
2: Um, Sounds good. They
0: have another band, Wayfarer, that is more like American folk style music, like cowboys and shit yeah. like
2: that. I like Wayfarer. Yeah. I just don't like it as much as I like uh, Stormkeep. Yeah. Um, and
0: then they did have another project come out recently, uh, Profound Lore. No, 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 that's their album. That's, their, that's a uh, record, record label, yeah. Let me find the fucking album. I knew that the name was... As soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, nope, that's not it. Uh, I'm going to butcher this pronunciation. Lykotonon, L-Y-K-O-T-O-N-O-N. The album's name's Promethean Pathology.
2: Um, oh, okay. I've never seen this.
0: It, like, just came out uh, the end of November last year. But it's, I believe, the guitar player, singer, and maybe one other guy from Stormkeep, Wayfair, Blood Incantation, that group of Colorado bands. Um, but it's it's cool. It's got synth added into black metal so i think you'd probably find something in it that you
2: like yeah i'll check it out for sure i think that sounds worth my time at the very least
0: yeah i'll message it to you once we get finished up
2: here um jeremy do you
0: have any other things that you would like to add ask comment oh any more
2: just, zingers
1: um no i don't i well I, zingers not so much i guess do you um, like zingers the hostess thing. <laughs> yeah, that, that's. An, I was thinking
2: of those too. The fucking hostess, uh, the, cakes. like they're like cakes you get <laughs> yeah, from the yeah, grocery yeah. store. Yeah. I, I don't even know if I have. They're fucking ever had those? I like had zebra one. cakes. Yeah, but I think I they think give so. you a stomach ache. Oh yeah, for sure. I haven't oh, had one yeah.
0: in like since I was a kid. I just the more we say zingers, yeah, I, know, I kept thinking man. about like zingers Absolutely. and ho hos and cupcakes and shit.
1: <laughs> 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 no man, I just uh keep on doing what you're doing. This shit's awesome. You know um, yeah I'm, that's the plan both of us really
0: like the barrow king yep. single that's out i actually um i woke up this morning yeah, and i read your message me. and i like sent it to jeremy right away and oh uh, nice because i was then like I dude it. we missed this one here's another project yep. and uh yeah. i listened to it like five times this morning and then a couple times when we got into the into the store here before we started i was playing it too uh so i'm looking forward to hearing that yeah
1: i want to hear entirety. more of that
2: too Yeah, that is definitely what I'm most excited about right now. Like, I think that single just hits everything I'm currently looking for in a a metal song. You know, it's got like this sort of Russian circles, like really, I don't know, slow, grindy chugs where like the the notes and the tones like slowly change, but it's got like really syncopated, like angry, powerful vocals. And I don't know, it's everything I want to be writing and making. And the stuff we have, like we've written since then, I think like blows that single out of the water. So I'm really excited about just getting all that, like ready to go. Uh, That's definitely my, like the main thing that, um, you know, I'm looking at right now that I I just want to dig into. So glad you guys like it. Yeah.
0: Once you get those um, recorded and made up and stuff, I mean, send me stuff as you're going along. And then like, obviously when you get physicals, uh, if you're up and in the area at the time, bring them in um or we'll work out a deal or you can ship them to me or whatever because i still got to get some i have to resupply some things from you because i'm running low on a couple things
2: yeah absolutely uh you'll you'll you both you guys will be in the loop all the way as far as uh you know that project goes or whatever else you want to hear from me so right on right on uh, cool i'll keep you in
0: All right, man. Well, we're going to wrap up this episode and get out of here. But uh, thank you for sitting here talking to us, bullshitting with us,
2: telling us that you like Disturbed. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah big uh big mistake on my part from a professional standpoint but you're gonna ruin as as all your musical disturb, credibility now yeah i know yeah. everyone's gonna get after me for this and uh it's over for me now but hey absolute pleasure i appreciate you guys having me on it's an honor and uh yeah i'm sure i'll talk to you guys soon all thanks right, again thanks a lot Have man,
1: a man we appreciate it peace out take care peace
0: okay so that was that um I'm just going to end this by ending this, but, uh, thank you for listening. We do have a interview with, uh, Billy and Joey from, or not Billy and Joey, Billy and Joe from, from Ilmatic. uh, coming up on February 12th, I believe is the date. And then obviously we'll still have stuff coming out, uh, like we normally do, but,
1: uh, I'm all good here. Unless yeah. you have anything else to add, Jeremy? Uh, um. I just hope everybody enjoys it, and I hope the interviews continue to come. Oh, yeah. If you are an artist and you
0: are interested in us sharing your music or getting on the show, please feel free to reach out to noiseadvocation at com or contact us on any of the social media platforms, and we'll do whatever we can to get you on the show. Um. Oh, also... Thank you to all the people in Belgium who we didn't even know really spoke all that good of English who are listening. Like, they're, like, our number five in listening ranks. So and I thought thinking that was this, really
1: cool. This interview, and I could see, you know how, like, Germany's kind of notorious for that synthy metal mix? Belgium? Yeah. yeah. I was thinking maybe they'd be into this, you
0: know. Yeah.
1: Anyway, different. I and appreciate Maybe it. some
0: of them even know the artist to begin with. Never know. But I wonder yeah. what they think
1: of our accents. They got to think we sound fucking weird. <laughs> I'm
0: wondering if it somehow gets translated oh, or if there's yeah. just people that are fluent in English there. I don't know. I've never been to Belgium, and I don't know exactly what parts of Belgium are listening. It just shows us that Belgium is one of our top listeners. So,
1: Well, if there's a festival in Belgium you want to fly us out, we can do a live podcast yeah thank you all right
0: uh everybody have a good day peace out thanks for listening